this is the moment you've all been waiting for. Live with the best father and son team on the internet. It's time for Homie and the Dude. What's up, everybody? This is Homie and the Dude. We are the Father and Son Podcast, and today we have a returning guest, the featherweight, eighth-ranked UFC fighter, just coming off a huge win, Arnold Almighty Allen. Arnold, how the hell are you? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a little fat. <laughs> a couple of weeks <laughs> But yeah, I'm good. I'm pretty good. Been, in, been indulging in some, uh, in some food since the, uh, since the weight cut. Oh yeah, <laughs> just a bit, just a little bit. I mean, I mean, that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be, dude. Yeah. Um, ob- obviously, dude, you know this was a big one. You went from uh, number eleventh rank to number eighth rank with a huge win over Sadiq Yusuf. How's it feel, dude, to be well within the top ten now? You're 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 not you're not on the precipice. You are well within the top ten. How's that feel, dude? Yeah, it's good. It's uh, it's kind of everything we planned so far. You know, like it was everything I thought it would be. It's a tough fight. He's a tough opponent, kind of like young, hungry like myself. And uh, yeah, he didn't want to, he definitely had no quitting him, you know, so he was there to win. For real. Yeah, let's, can, if we can, can we, can we talk about it a little bit? Go into a little bit of how that played out. So maybe yeah. let's go be, be, before the fight. Um, Jack flew over. Um, was Farad, did you and Faraz fly over together? How did that whole, the whole like sort of, let's say a few days before the fight? Talk us through yeah. that. Yeah, so uh, Faraz met us there because he was, he was at a Bellator event with one of my uh, teammates, Mandel. So rather than traveling back to Canada from the US, he sort of, he went straight across to Vegas. And uh, yeah, the lockdown in Montreal was pretty strict at the minute. So they got all hotel quarantines and yeah, all sorts of business. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Okay. Yeah. And then, so Jack then flies in as well. You guys all, do you guys sort of um, camp out in one hotel? Is that, is that what the, the setup is for the UFC? Yeah, so they kind of have like their own little uh, little bubble thing going on. But we were there yeah. a little bit before it. So uh, you don't have to be in it until Tuesday. So Tuesday of the fight week. So we were there from Sunday. We kind of just stayed at a different hotel and kind of did our own thing before that. And yeah, but it was, uh, it was good. It, was, it wasn't so bad. I was expecting it to be worse, to be honest, being like quarantined all week. But uh, it was fine. Nice. I was going to say, I was going to ask, because obviously with these new quarantine conditions that have been around, um, mm. I, I didn't know whether you found weight loss harder or easier because of like the, the fact that you had to be in one place rather than, you know, walking around, you know, Vegas and seeing all these like restaurants and shit, you know, like yeah. uh, what, does, does the quarantine help uh, weight cut, do you think? Uh, no, no, yes, no, because you're in the room all day, you get bored, so you just want to. Well, for me anyway, if I'm sitting on my, my ass all day, I kind of want to eat. So, like last time I fought, when I fought Gilbert in Vegas, obviously everything was normal then. So, I just kind of like, I went and explored. I rented a car. I was like going up in the uh, Red Rock Canyon and all that. Nice. Just seeing oh, everything. Nice. So, yeah, it was really nice. But this time you're just sort of sitting there waiting for your next meal all day. But um, actually, one thing that did mess me up was the, uh, the rehydration. Because the fight was, at, it was about 1 p.m. at lunchtime. So I didn't have enough time to like cut weight and like eat all the food and rehydrate. So it's the lightest I ever fought. I think that's kind of why I lost all my energy in the third round. So, yeah. Okay. 
Oh, yeah, they did that. From what I understand, they had the earlier start because Till was meant to be on the card, and um, yeah. I guess just and both you and Till basically, you guys being uh, co-headliners, and that whole mm -hmm. audience in the UK made sense to to move the card earlier so we could watch it in prime time. Yeah, yeah dude. So that was amazing. Like, and then watching the walk the the walk-ins, I have to say, dude, like he looked up for it, and you you both looked equally up for it walking in. Yeah. Like there was no. You know, it didn't look like there was any nervousness. He was he was pretty hyped, and you were pretty hyped. It looked like like at that point, just from our perspective, we were both thinking like, "Man, I'm nervous right now. This is going to be a banging fight." <laughs> yeah, um, did, did did you choose the clash, or uh, or did Dana choose the clash? Oh, I chose it. Yeah, I chose it. No, because I'm thinking before people were sending me messages like, "How uh, would be nice to get back to London, all that and so forth." Why not put something like that? You know, like London's coming. Hopefully. Hopefully soon we'll be back in London with the uh, O2 or something. Perfect. Yeah, dude. That was a no, yeah, it was great. As he walked out, Tom just went, God, that man's a patriot. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to the fight. I don't know if you did, I don't know if you saw or, or um, watched it again, but um, Dominic, Dominic Cruz was hyping your fight the whole, yeah. like, he was like, there's one fight on this card I want to see. And it's not the main main event; it's the co-main event. He's like, oh, "This is this is a really really important fight." So he was really jacked about it. So was so was Cormier. They were both super super like um, excited, but also, dude, they rate you like way up there. Like you know, you're getting that kind of credit from Cruz and from Cormier. That's not they don't give that to everyone. So that seemed like awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. No, I, I didn't. Uh, so I watched the fight back. I, I didn't watch the rest of the card yet, so uh, the only other fight I watched was uh, Jack Shaw. But I, I was in the hotel in the morning watching it. So, yeah, because yeah. the way they're doing it now, so like, because his fight was early. I think the first the prelim guys went at six thirty in the morning to go oh, to the wow. event. Yeah, so then I was like getting up, having my breakfast. I was like, oh, the fights are on. It was, it was weird. <laughs> yeah, have a little bit of morning morning entertainment while you're eating your cereal yeah. or something. Yeah, exactly. Jack <laughs> Jack did well, didn't he? Yeah, he did great. Yeah, he did great. He did great. Yeah. Even yeah. 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 it, uh, it was pretty slippery in there as well. Like he, I, was, I was asking because I was slipped over about three or four times. I know. And he said he was uh, doing the same thing. Like He was pressing on the fence and his feet were sliding away under him. So, yeah, so that was what, frustrating. What's that about? Do you think it's the uh, it's the decals that they're putting on top of the canvas or do you think it's the canvas themselves itself? So, I think I didn't see them, but I think between the fights, they're uh, like sanitizing the canvas. Like every fight, I think they're going in and sort of spraying it. I think so. Like, I, I didn't see it with my own eyes, but like, I think that's what's going on. And uh, yeah, it was definitely slippy. So I threw, yeah. I threw two head kicks, I slipped, and I was moving one time. So, so maybe three times I fell over. So. Yeah. No, we, yeah, we, we were, um, I know we, we were looking at it, and, and the one head kick connects. So that was, Potentially, without a slip, you may have been might have been on him a little bit earlier. But yeah, I mean, you you definitely gonged him, man. That was a <laughs> <laughs> beautifully yeah. timed head kick. Yeah, timed yeah. Head kick. We were we were drilling that from the start of the camp because uh, I know he has like quite a tight boxing guard, so like he's not gonna be the best to get out of the way of kicks. So I knew if I fake that backhand and uh, you know he's gonna slip out of the way or, or expect the punch, he's not gonna expect the kick to follow the punch. So. Yeah, and it, it kind of nearly worked perfectly. <laughs> Do you know what? I have to say the two things that I really, really appreciated about you in this fight, Arnold, were 
your movement to his uh, to his uh, out of his power. So you would do like a, a one step into the left uh, into his power hand, and then you'd be going yeah, to the right, circling, circling to the right the whole time. Yeah. And your movement was absolutely phenomenal. I, like one, just so amazing to watch. It was so beautiful. <laughs> and then on top of that, dude, your punches. Now, in terms of your punches, you typically throw them really straight, real crisp, like not much load up, very like disguised. You were throwing your punches with a bit of a like crook to them this time. That came yeah. a bit more angular. Um, so talk us through that. Talk us through that, man. What? What? Why did you make that change? What was that about? Yeah. So like he's he's uh he's very tight with his guard. You know, his right hand's always glued to his cheek, and he kind of just marches forward. So like he marches forward, he throws big wild shots. So I think if I was throwing sort of straight shots on the move, like I'm gonna I'm gonna be exposed. So at least if I throw my elbow over. I'm protected and I'm going to break through that guard because he's, he's sort of protected against straight shots with his tight guard. But like when you yeah. throw anything sort of looping, he was there for it. Mm. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. I think the other thing, man, that I, that I thought was, uh, I didn't know how it was going to play out, but I thought the clench work against the cage. Yeah. I'm thinking that Sadiq, he's a powerful looking guy, explosive guy. I was really impressed with your strength, how you, you just handled him on the cage. And I'm not sure if, how much of it was that he was okay staying there because at some mm. points, especially in the third round, I'm like, he needs to break away here. Mm. He has to know that he's down two rounds in the third round. So his, his, you know, his only chance is to hit, you know, to get you with something bigger. But it seemed like a lot of it was you just controlling him on the cage. How did it yeah. feel when you were in there with him? Thanks for watching this episode. We really appreciate you supporting Homie and the Dude. Please hit us with the Holy Trinity, like our Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and follow us on Instagram. Just search at Homie and the Dude. It all really helps. Yeah, so that was exactly the plan going in, you know, outstrike him, and then in the clinches, just sort of just wear on him because I know he's a very athletic, strong guy. So I knew, like, if I lent on him and sort of put him on the fence, he'd use his strength to get off the, the fence. But uh, yeah, so I just, for as long as I was there, I was like, okay, well, if he doesn't want to move and the ref isn't breaking us up, I'm just going to stay there and sort of chip away with little knees and little punches or whatnot. And uh, yeah, it worked well. And then in the third round, I was a little surprised that he, so I felt pretty confident I was two rounds up. I was a bit surprised that he tried to put me on the fence on the, the third. So I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm pretty tired here. So I'm going to, if you want to put me on the fence, I'm going to hang around on the fence. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. It's, uh, it's just, it seems like, um, uh, on top of on top of your phenomenal um, work ethic and, and 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 like skill and technique you put into the fight, it felt like as well watching your corner, listening to Faraz uh, guide you. You know him be like, you know, I've taught you too well to be hit with some bullshit. Like <laughs> get out there, and, and it, it was amazing because literally, like what he said to you was cool. When you get him on the cage, you need to be stronger than him, muscle him, and then take him down. And yeah. it was pretty much within the first couple of seconds of that round, exactly. he threw something that left him wide open for it, and you just rushed him beautifully mm. timed. And it meant that, like, I think what I felt as well was that the cohesion between you and Faraz meant that you had a stronger game plan. It meant that you were making smart, in-moment decisions where yeah. it felt like Sadiq wasn't doing that. Or if his, I'm not sure if it was a lack of communication with the corner, whether they were shouting the wrong things, or whether he just was in his head too much, but it felt like he wasn't making those smart, calculated decisions, you know, that yeah. sports science on the go, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, Fraz is one of the best at that. Like, uh, 
I barely even watch tape on my opponents anymore because like I, I watch it and then I don't see something. He'll watch it and he'll come back with like 10 different things that I missed. And he's like, all right, you need to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, okay. So I just, <laughs> yeah. I just put my faith in him and he tells me what to do and I, I follow. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you, you, it's, it is super important that you have complete faith in your corner because <laughs> there's some guys, like, for instance, I'm not sure exactly – because they were alternating corners during the fight, so we only had the audio of one corner or the other. Oh, and we yeah. had your, yeah, we had yours um, between the second and the third round, so we didn't have Sadiq's. But I know when he came out tactically, I was so happy that he was just fine, you know, burning out a couple minutes just up against the cage, because that's, mm -hmm. you know, opportunity that he's missing on throwing a Hail Mary, hitting you with something that, you know, yeah. completely unexpected. So there had yeah, to be some exactly sort of tactical awesome. thing. That was yeah. exactly what I was like, okay, well. I'm, I'm yeah. quite fatigued. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But to have to have like total confidence in Faraz and just to be like, I know that this dude tactically sees stuff that just about no one else sees. So I'm just yeah. going to do what he says. It removes that whole part of like what you need to, you don't need to like be tactical during your fight. You just need to kind of like read in real time what's happening and just follow the game plan, you know, which yeah. is. You're just, uh, you just end up final instinct. But it's, you know, like you're thinking about, well, you're not even thinking about what you're doing because it's just glued into your head. And yeah. he tells you, you know, do this, do that. We drilled it for however many weeks. And, uh, yeah, it's just on instinct. He gives you the advice and you listen. If you trust it, you don't even have to think about it. And uh, yeah. it, it just allows you to react so much faster or, you know, make clearer decisions in the moment rather than sort of overthinking and, you know, getting in your head about what's going on. 100%, yeah. Dude, Obviously, with uh, with all this like instinctual fighting, your instincts being real strong, you you clipped him with your you clipped him a good few times. How's your hand doing, dude? I know that your hand was pretty <laughs> fucked up after the fight. How's your hand feeling right now? It's uh, yeah, it's still messed up. I had an X-ray, so like nothing's broken or anything. Just yeah. like a uh, deep bruising on the bones and uh, all that crap. But uh, actually, so I went to the gym today. I did some shadow boxing, and it hurts the shadow box. But I did a little bit of a. Uh, because fortunately it's my backhand, so I could do like jab training, like kicks and mm. stuff like that. So a couple of weeks, I think maybe two or three weeks, two more weeks, it'll be all right. Cool, amazing. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you know do you know what punch you hit him with, or do, do, did you feel it like in 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 the cage when when it went down? Yeah, so I think it was in the first round, the shot that dropped in the overhand sort of thing. Because I think I hit him. I can't remember where I hit him, but I think I hit him one time in the top of the head, and I, I rolled yeah. my wrist like over like that. And uh, yeah, it was like a balloon after the fight. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, dude! First round and you battled through. You dominated him again the second round, even yeah. with your sweat. That's that's uh, dude. You know, it, it's a testament to the people that Jack is bringing up. You got Corey, you know, breaking <laughs> ankles in the middle of rounds yeah. and continue fighting. You got you messing up your hand and battling through. I mean, it's a testament to what Jack Mason is doing with you young people. Yeah. He brings you up. You guys are badasses. You know, Corey's Corey's the badass. I don't know. I haven't broken people enough yet in the fighting period, but yeah. She's a freak. <laughs> hey, dude, give it time. Give it time. <laughs> <laughs> How's your legs, dude? Because you took a couple of heavy leg shots as well. Yeah, uh, I'm actually having a little issue with my uh, my knee. So my lead leg, he threw a hard inside kick, and I, I checked it, but like I didn't check it. I didn't. I timed it wrong, and it kind of hit the soft part of my uh, the inside of my knee. I seen like a physio and everything yesterday. So nothing's broken or dislocated. Everything's okay. It's just same thing, bit of bruising, and uh, hopefully in a week or two it'll be all right. 
He was a he was throwing that weird like uh, uh, you can tell that he likes throwing the outside leg kick to someone who uh, who who, who yeah. stands in a orthodox sense and because you were mm. you're rocking it south pole he was throwing the outside kick to your back leg I've not really yeah. seen many people do that how is that to kind of deal with have you ever seen anyone throw that kind of thing Yeah actually funny enough like I haven't done it in a fight but I, I use that kick a lot like against opposite stances and I love that kick it works so effective because like your your rear leg just isn't conditioned like as your front leg. Yeah, but yeah, I was like, oh shit, like, I like that kick. And he was throwing it. I was like, I've never really seen anyone. I can't remember who I watched that did. I think it was Sanchai I watched do it. And I yeah. was like, he was doing it on someone because he's a southpaw. So he was throwing yeah. it. Yeah, it was Sanchai. He was throwing it long to the back leg. I was like, oh, I really like that. And then he started doing it to me. I was like, oh, okay. I'll start <laughs> moving the other way. I have to start moving the other way now. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, let me, let me, um, as, as I hope you would want us to. Um, along with all of the great things that we saw, there's one thing that I saw that I was like, okay, now Arnold sits at number eight. What needs to happen? Like looking at that, that list going up. And the one thing, and, and you mentioned it a little bit during the press conference afterwards, was your conditioning in the third round. And I think you, you, you kind of put it to, I really tried to get him out there the two times that yeah. he was hurt in the first and second round. Um, but it, it was slightly noticeable that... Um, you were probably just your your energy bar was maybe just a little bit lower than his. How how did yeah. it feel while you were in that? Yeah, so like when I because I wasn't sure why I was so tired because he did so much conditioning for this camp. The immediate thought was well, I had that adrenaline spike when I nearly finished him twice. But then I watched it back and I didn't really I didn't really chase too much for the thing. I like hurt him and he sort of recovered well. So okay, I was like, all right, composed. So yeah, it just. I think it was the nutrition thing. I just didn't rehydrate properly. I didn't. Uh, I didn't put on the weight I usually put on, and I was like ten pounds lighter than I usually am, and okay. uh, just didn't have like that that glycogen in my blood. You know, like the same sort of carbs, and I was so scared to. I was so scared to overeat and be bloated for the fight because I never fought that early before. It was uh, yeah, one p.m. So I was still yeah. sort of worried to feed properly after the weigh-in. So I kind of just snacked and didn't eat big meals usually on 167 at least fight day pounds and then this one i was 157 so yeah i didn't i didn't put on that's the lightest i've ever been for a fight yeah yeah okay that makes sense dude and that's good to yeah. know that you've got like an understanding of especially if it's an early card again what you need to adjust to make sure that yeah you get that way back on nice yeah because yeah. I, I was few people on the card i saw a gas in because they were they were overfed, they were bloated, they, they hadn't digested properly yet. But yeah. I, obviously, uh, I did the opposite. I under ate and sort of didn't have the energy, didn't have the fuel to burn. But uh, yeah, I have to find a balance next time. Yeah. Hey, hey, it's all it's all something to work on, dude. That that it's so weird. The body can be random as well. You can do the one thing, you can do the thing that you did the last three times that's worked, and it doesn't work the fourth time, and it's. It's just a random, random like yeah. ecosystem in your body, you know, that you can't control. So it, I'm sure, you know, you, you and your team will, uh, will, will get your heads, your heads around it and, and sort of. Yeah. I, I, I firmly believe, and you might feel this in training, dude. I believe we go in cycles, like energy cycles. And yeah. sometimes it could feel like, you know, I've done everything right. I'm eating right. And I'm just, Ooh, I just sorry don't have that. it um, during the fight. I just don't have the, the energy that I had, you know, even yesterday, the amount of, um and I, there's nothing you can put it to my diet is the same my yeah. um, nutrition is the same but this the cycle thing of just like 
why my energy is higher or lower is something that I don't, and the only thing you can know is that it happens. It just keeps happening. And it's hard yeah. to figure out what it is. Do you feel that? Yeah, hundred percent. Cause sometimes like, like even outside of camp, I'll turn up to sparring and I'm like, I'm on fire. I'm like full of energy. And then uh, two weeks later, nothing's changed. I'm eating the same food. I'm resting the same. I'm in the same training cycle I'm doing, but like I have no energy today. Like, there's no yeah. push of, and it's, uh, it happens all the time. Like you said, there's constant cycles of that. But then when you're in camp, you're like, you're getting your head about it because you'll turn up to spar and I'm like, oh, I have low energy, say six weeks out or something. I'll be like, I, I'm not fit. I have crap sparring. Like, I need to address my fitness. But it's just a weird day. And yeah, and some days you turn up to the fight and uh, it happens that that's the day that you're tired, you know? So, yeah. 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 Nice. It does go in cycles. It kind of, kind of moves and it's, it's, it's a moving target always. And yeah. I think also on, on fight week, you're, you're minimizing that cycle by you've, you've completely, you know, downscaled your training, you're sleeping, you're watching, you, you know, you're, you're kind of almost like building up the energy bar as much as you can. So even if it's a down cycle, you're topped out with, you know, all of the rest and recovery that you've needed yeah. for that night. Yeah. It's, a, it's actually a weird one. So I went through, I used to train seven days a week. Like I would train every day, didn't rest. Then I went for a period of doing five days a week. I didn't do anything on the weekend. Saturday, Sunday, I did nothing. And then Monday, I would always come back, be like fatigued. I'd have like a, I'd have to do something Saturday or Sunday till like I make sure my body doesn't like seize up, you know? Mm. But yeah, it's a weird one. It's a fine battle. Even with the rest, it's like you can't, you can have too much rest. Like I want to yeah. do enough to sort of keep the engine ticking, you know? I've heard of that with other athletes as well. Like almost like a no activity day is worse mm. than like just let me just jump on the bike for 15 minutes yeah just go, go for a mile run and that's a rest day right it's a recovery day but just kind of to keep almost to keep the 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 wheel going a little bit so yeah. it's not it doesn't forget it doesn't have to start back from from yeah, so that's that. pretty much what i'm doing right now so i train six days a week like fitness mma sparring right pads whatever jiu-jitsu and then on the Sunday, I'll do like a, I'll take my bike for a, like a casual ride or go for a walk or a little run or something. Yeah. Because yeah. before I was just, the whole weekend, I was sitting, I would have my cheat day Saturday. I would sit on my ass, do nothing. Sunday, I would do nothing. <laughs> and then Monday, I'll be like exhausted. It's like I had a hard weekend of training or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Dude, um, like it, it, that makes perfect sense. And like, I, I find for me, it's so weird. Like, I'm not a professional athlete. I'm not even going to pretend I'm a professional <laughs> athlete. Um, but when I when I do take time off of skateboarding, my body does the same thing. And in, in of that, yeah. like when I get back on it, it's like, what are you doing? And also, like, I'm so tired already. Like, <laughs> don't don't do this. Don't make this yeah. mistake. And like, you have to break through that barrier because you haven't done it for a bit of time. So I, I fully get that. Fully, fully. Get I that. it today. So for so. I Usually I take one whole week and I get back in the gym. I take one week, I do nothing, I eat bad food and I go back to the gym. So what is it now? It's about 10 days. Yeah, when it's 10, 11 days. <laughs> so I went back to the gym today. I was like, right, I need to go to the gym. I'm going crazy. My, my coach here is like, Jack's telling me, take two weeks, you know, you're a little bit injured, your hand, your knee, you know, you need to rest. I can't do it. I can't do it. I went to the gym today to train this morning and uh, I had stomach cramps and everything. I had, no cardio, it's just exhausting. I was like, geez, I was <laughs> peak, peak condition less than two weeks ago. It's all gone to shit in 10 days. Yeah, it's done. I'm done. <laughs> okay, and if you, if you got attacked by a, a, a rogue, a rogue Sadiq right now, it would have been the same <laughs> result. Yeah, if he's in shape, I'm like, geez. 
um no yeah dude i i think uh i think it was a great it, as much as you you know you struggled with uh with some some cardio and whatnot in the in the later mm-hmm. rounds because because of, of the weight loss you you looked phenomenal and whatnot and fucking great so, something else that i'm sure meant a lot to you this is your second fight now that you've had your dad in your corner was was it great to have your old man back in the corner with you for this one yeah it's always good it's always good to have him there even just like the fight week you know it's nice to have him there this is the uh he, so I, I'm a bit quiet fight. We cannot say too much, but like uh, he could talk for England, so he doesn't stop. <laughs> he's an ex-door man, so he's got endless stories. He's always telling stories. So yeah, it's always a, it was good fun to have. It just sort of like breaks up the monotony, you know, and it turns like an awkward room into a sort of more relaxed room, which is nice to have. Yeah, dude, I can imagine that. I was gonna say, like, he he he's doing your media for you. He's like, <laughs> yeah. he's showing up to the presser the day before. Like, right, let me let me tell you some stories, guys. I, <laughs> I got. I got <laughs> when he was seven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <His> brother was. <laughs> um, no, that's that's awesome, dude. I think you know, like, obviously, us being father and someone like yeah. that that bond and, and and having someone there who you're comfortable with, who supports mm. you, who believes in you, who and you who trust. who you also yeah. know, like. It, Regardless, I know Faraz probably feels the same way, but with with your family, you know that even if you fail, if the loss does happen, they're not gonna like be bummed. They're not. They're gonna be loving you and supporting you. So having that family there, I, I can imagine makes a big difference. Yeah, it's a huge difference, definitely, definitely. Yeah. How's it? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah. To be fair, you won't be, dude. You won't be. Don't worry about it, you, you, dude. Your your punches are way too crisp for that shit. Don't worry about it, um, dude. How's it feel to be back in the UK? Are you uh, are you like you said you've taken like these ten days? Give us your like recovery routine. So you say you take a week off. In that recovery, are you doing like stretching daily? Or are you just like recovery is this? Like just chilling it. Driving around KFC, then I drive to McDonald's, and then I drive to pizza. <laughs> A little bit of driving about and picking up food, getting the calories in, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much that's that is my recovery. I've been watching films, I've been playing PlayStation, I've been eating pizza and uh, nice. had a couple of beers, and that's it. Yeah, nice, that's dude. dude. That's super awesome. You know, it's it's actually nice to hear not the like it's nice to hear an athlete be like, Yeah, man, I finished my fight. I went straight back to the gym. And, right, <laughs> you know, it's nice to hear that you're like, nah, man, I went to McDonald's, KFC, I played some PlayStation. Wait, wait, look, like, yeah. It humanizes it all. Let me just get this right. Not just McDonald's and KFC, KFC. I went to KFC, and then I drove to McDonald's. So it was both <laughs> of them back to back. <laughs> the same trip. I mean, I mean, if you ask me. Dude, I would have done the same thing. I was going to say, it's, I the, do it's, this, the, it's the double banger. It's the double banger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I pulled up, what was it? I think it was two days ago. I pulled up to McDonald's drive for I had the KFC bucket on my hand eating the chicken. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I want a big tasty meal, please. Guys, look at that. <laughs> the, yeah. the dude in the window is like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're like, look, I promise. I'm an athlete. I promise you. Like, Trust me, bro. I'm an athlete. Like, chill. It's all good. <laughs> But yeah, no, dude, I'm 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 super stoked for you, and uh, I'm glad that you've had a nice bit of recovery. You know, it, it's super important. It will put you in a good headspace for for, yeah. for for what's for what's yet to come, uh, which is which is a a big mountain ahead of you. Um, I want to ask you, when are you back to Canada? Are you are you gonna do a bit more training in the UK for a while? Or are you heading back to the uh, the old Canada soon? <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm booked to be here till June. So I'm planning to go back in June. But things are like pretty shut down there at the minute and they're having some problems at the gym and whatnot. So uh, 
I, I shared something. Faraz made a post on YouTube about the police harassment. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's pretty wild over there at the minute. So I'm gonna kind of keep training. Training's good over here at the minute. So uh, I'm gonna see what's going on and uh, play it by ear. Yeah, I saw the Faraz post, man. So I I could not actually believe what I read because you know as far as in Montreal, I'm sure there's some great things and everything, but yeah. TriStar has to be like a pretty proud place for Montreal. You know, the GSP is there, you know, you're there. There's like a bunch of champions there for them to be rumbling TriStar. I mean, Canada don't have many celebrities, let alone <laughs> like, let alone the rest of that shit anyway. I just don't understand it. Like, were they doing it while you, well, I guess you were training, you were in and out of the gym because of lockdown, but I guess it's yeah. happening more and more. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy though. I mean, they have a 8 p.m. curfew, like, which makes no sense. Uh, they had a 9.30 p.m. curfew for a, a couple of weeks. Then the gym was open for a week. And yeah, so I think we're allowed to train like uh, like private trainings. So the, it's very vague. Like, the law is very, you read in the government's website, it's all in French as well. Okay? It's kind of hard to understand what's going on. Like everything's very yeah. vague. Yeah. So. But the way, the way for us, I sort of, explained it was they were coming in and, and just kind of hassling him you know and he, yeah. he was just like look we're doing we're going over and above with mm -hmm. the testing of our athletes with the sanitation of the gym like we're we should be a model representation of how yeah. COVID is being handled in Montreal not be a place where you guys are knocking on our door and asking us questions every hour of every day you know that's it and, and exactly because I obviously if we're training, people, if we get COVID and we get sick, you know, also you can't compete, and, you know, no one can come to the gym until we all get retested and quarantined or whatnot, which has been what's happening. Everyone was getting tested every other, ever week. You know, I was I've lost count of how many tests I've had now. I think like 20 yeah. something. So <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Cause I, you know, you don't want to get sick. And if you are coming and training, like, you know, you can't be going to see friends, you can't be going to secret parties and whatnot. You have to, you know be smart but take care of that that's that's an interesting point dude because i can imagine there's there's levels within the gym now i imagine anyone at tristar gym is probably taking it relatively seriously yeah but at the end of the day you know you've got yourself and like the 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 top of the top of the like food chain food chain who are probably <laughs> like i'm not attending a fucking party because it risks my like my covid and i can't yeah. train then I imagine there's people who are maybe lower down on the spectrum who aren't as bothered about it. Do you find like in the gym, like trying to like, is there, is it hard managing all the people in the gym, keeping everyone on that same wavelength of like, cool, don't like, let's not fuck this for all of us. Like, let's, let's keep it separate. Let's keep vigilant about this. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much how it, how it is. It's just like, you want to train with only people you trust really, don't you? Like at the minute, because you know, usually it's good to train with like a, the beginners and the hobbyists sort of coming through, but you don't know what they're doing or, you know, like if, if you feel a little bit sick right now, like it's not the time to probably come to the gym. You should get tested and, you know, do yeah. you feel better. Definitely. I, I get a sense also that if, if, if Faraz got a sniff of someone having gone to a secret party and having come down with COVID, the hammer that would come down on that person would be oh, yeah. pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Pretty monumental. <laughs> pretty, pretty colossal. I wouldn't um, want to be that guy. <laughs> no, yeah, I can imagine. Um, so, dude, obviously, you know, when you get back to Canada, you're going to start looking at, like, what's next. Now, I'm not sure if you've put the one to it. I know you mentioned that you're looking at possibly zombie. Um, yeah. Is there – what, what, what kind of a head of you are you 
wanting to who, who are you wanting to take off next basically what's what's the next thing for Arnold Allen yeah like, pretty much what you just said that, uh, a few people suggested that fight makes sense um uh zombie and uh Ige maybe the winner of that one that'd be cool yeah. like, obviously I want to I, I think I have the longest streak in the division and uh yeah so why not why not something like that and um I was actually because I've never really called anyone out properly I've never made a call out. I was planning. I had this vision of like the whole camp that I was going to call out Korean Zombie with a win. Because everyone was like, oh, you need to call someone out. Like, and in my head, I was like, I don't want to be waiting another year to fight. So I need to say something or ask for something. And I just, I watched this fight with Ortega and I sort of thought the style kind of suited me. You know, he's very good. I'm a big fan of Korean Zombie. He's very flat-footed, stands in front of you. If you're going to brawl, it's, you know, it's going to be a tough time. But uh, mm. I, I move pretty good, and he, he doesn't. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I like that fight. But we'll see how it plays out with uh, any gay or I don't know how you say it. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I think uh, I think Korean Zombie is a great decision. I think he's, uh, mm. I mean, obviously an incredible contender and a guy who's been around for a very long time. Yeah. Um, let me let me obviously ask you if you're thinking about zombie are you worrying about the ground game are you thinking about like i need to put some hours in the jujitsu in the in the judo kind of realm to to, to manage some of that that he's going to be bringing no not at all uh i train with some like some of the best grapplers in the world you know like, um, yeah some of the guys that are coming for it try style you know, a lot of the guys have moved out to puerto rico and how gordon ryan and his team but uh you know, I'm, I'm getting a lot of training in with elite black belts, you know, elite jiu-jitsu guys, you know, they're all some of the best that they are, so I get to roll with these guys consistently. Cool. What's the Puerto Rico connection? I heard GSP was out there as well. Is it is Danaher's guys are out there? Or yeah. Is, um, what's going on? So, up? basically, I think I think New York was pretty shut down for a while, I think, and uh, they were all sort of kind of the same issue. They were training sort of like secretly and illegally or whatnot. And uh, but again, this is how they all make their living, you know. This is how they make their money. That's they're, they're professionals. They're not, they're not uh, hobbyists. They're not, you know, just doing it for fun. That's how they feed their kids and whatnot. But um, and I think also the tax in New York is crazy high. So I know Gordon Ryan was making a lot of money, or is making a lot of money, and uh, he went out to Puerto Rico and sort of set up shop out there. And I okay. think they all went out there, and Danahar went out there, and the whole team's out there. So it looks pretty cool yeah. to be fair. It's a it cool is cool, set. man. Hmm. yeah weather's right you know like yeah. <laughs> the weather is definitely right <laughs> yeah yeah let me well, yeah, let me ask. sorry go ahead i don't know uh maybe you have to visit in the future so oh, see how it is <laughs> i was how gonna we... ask you that dude like maybe maybe it's you know it's uh london puerto rico then canada <laughs> yeah you never know, you never know. <laughs> well if they're still in lockdown we'll have a look <laughs> yeah yeah I, I was gonna say the danaher boys are the death squad are dangerous dude as well like they i mean they're, they're some of the best in the world so yeah i mean if you're if you're rolling with those guys or even even getting the offshoots of those guys fuck <laughs> have, yeah, I, so. have, you, have you had space with uh with gordon ryan have you been in the same gym with him or or is that just separate because he's more new york no he's been down tristar a couple of times obviously that role with him he's a big boy but uh yeah, yeah. those guys you know they're always sort of coming around and training or we're a few like a load of the team have been out there to train. I'm, I will probably go down there eventually. Yeah, I think. Mm. Mm. Nice. I got just one thing that I want to clarify. So last time we talked to you, you said it's either got to be a rank or a name. You've got now, yeah. as you keep going up, there's more names that are recognizable and, right. <laughs> and, and ranks below you. So are you still looking at 
you know, I'm at number eight. It needs to be one through seven, somewhere in there. Or it could be a, a name underneath me still. Like, you know, you mentioned a Barbosa. Ige is below you. Um, yeah. So uh, where, where, how do you, is it still the same? Uh, no. Uh, so I, I, want, I want up, but I want to go up. But I said one yeah. for a second. Because so, uh, I, I think Sadiq was like a, going into that fight, I thought he was a bigger, like a bit, not like to the casual fan, but I thought he was like a bigger name and a bigger test and a bigger proving point than beating like a, a you know an old veteran which i you know i beat nick lentz i beat gilbert melendez which were exactly that two very tough very well proven veterans and uh now you got the young guy with all the hype behind him that i beat as well to, to sort of prove myself so i don't think i need to yeah i feel like my name is you know my stock is proven now i don't need to do it so why not give me someone one to them yeah, dude, when you've got the longest winning streak in, in the featherweight division right now. And, uh, and yeah, dude, like you, you said, it might, Sadiq might not be the, the casual fans, you know, in their top 10 people that they know. But, dude, mm. for us people who watch MMA and keep up with that shit, dude, that was a huge win. That wasn't like, that was, that was nothing small in any way, shape, or form. Like, you, yeah. you stepped up to the plate and you, you smashed it out of the park. Really. To have Dominic Cruz, like, literally, that's the fight he was looking at because he knew... You know, and they talked about it. This is the future of the featherweight division. Like, we're looking yeah. at it right here. Whoever comes through this is now going to be, you know, moving into that elite space. And whoever doesn't is still going to have to sift through, you know, the bottom half. Of the Yeah, exactly. So that was a big fight, dude. Just really big yeah. fight. Yeah, for me, that I, I thought it was bigger than a lot of the things I could have I could have took, you know. like, uh, yeah. But, yeah, offers I had, I think, like Stevens, you know. But I, I thought, for me, that was a bigger test than that. So, yeah. I mean... Yeah, for sure, dude. And you, you, you looked phenomenal. And man, we're 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 so thankful to 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 be able to chat to you and, uh, and to be able to call you a homie and whatnot, dude. So very very proud of proud of you on our end, dude. And we will one hundred percent be be in the corner. And if you if, if you want, you can go and find our live stream. We literally, when you win, are like freaking out, like we're, we're going nuts. So so, dude. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks so much for coming on again today. We really, no really appreciate you chatting thanks with us. For no, of course, dude, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll we'll continue to uh, can you continue to follow you as you as you make your way to championship, basically. Um, but of course, dude, uh, we always want to give you a chance. Uh, so shout out your your socials. What's uh, what's going on? If you want to shout out your gyms or your sponsors or whatever, go for it, dude. Yeah, uh, just follow me, Arnold BFA, on everywhere, and uh, all my sponsor stuff is on there. <laughs> cool, amazing. And for there us, uh, homie and the dude, we're. Uh, Three things for us, like and follow on Facebook, subscribe uh, to YouTube and uh, share the podcast uh, as well. That's the holy trinity for us. But that's that's about it. A anything else from you, Arnold? Anything else you want to say before we dip no. off? Thanks for having me on. That's it. Cool. All right, man. Amazing. Good seeing you. See you soon. Hey, See ya. Bye. Later, man. We're chugging through. We're loving doing this stuff, you guys. Um, if you want to support us, if you want to make sure that we can keep getting – you know, better quality set, better quality lights, make the filming better. Bigger, um, bigger batteries for the camera. Bigger batteries for the camera. <laughs> yes! <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you can do that by just liking, following the page, and subscribing to the YouTube channel. That is what really makes a difference to us.